Welcome to Whoop, There It Is. I am your host, Jackson and... Monet. And today we're going to be talking about what? Rejection. Rejection, I think is a great topic, by the way. So, this was your idea, so I'm going to let you start this thing out. Okay. Um, what, what is it about rejection? Is it in your 40s or... Could you take rejection better when you're in your 20s, or is it now that you're in your 40s? It's I think rejection is always hard. I don't think I don't care how old you are. Um, I definitely think I took rejection harder when I was younger than I do now, because now I feel like you don't want to talk to me or go out with me. Okay. Yeah, but moving right along. (laughs) But right now the stakes are higher when you're older to be rejected than when we were twenty. We didn't realize when we were twenty we get rejected. We still got about ten more years to to go out and plant new seeds. Now it's like But I was much more self conscious when I was younger, so the rejection affected me differently than it does now. I'm not nearly as self conscious as I was then. Now in my forties, so Somebody rejects me, and I'm like, okay, next. <laughs> oh, got you. But do you think the rejection made you into the person that you're awesome at now, right? Because maybe. if you hadn't got that rejection, maybe you'd just been a cocky asshole. Maybe. But I, was, but I was never cocky. I, never, I know, because you got rejected a lot. No, not that I got rejected a lot. Uh, well, I mean, I just was self-conscious. I was very self-conscious when I was young. Okay. What was the and worst? That was, re- a, that was a personal thing. It had nothing to do with what other people thought about me. Well, I didn't even know what other people thought about me at that point in time. You didn't know. I had no, no idea. No. What was the worst rejection you ever got? You still remember? You don't have to use names. But... Oh no! The I think the oh, thing that stands names. out in my mind the most was uh-huh. you and I yeah. went to Mama's Country Showcase in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. And there was this really good-looking guy, and here that I was. That was you and me together. Yes. Okay. And I here I, I was, that. and you kept telling me to go try to get the guy to go dance with me. Oh yeah. And I was very <laughs> not. You're not. Outgoing. I was very. Well, I mean, I'm an outgoing person. Yeah. But. I was just very self-conscious. Like, I don't yeah. even know how else to describe it. But I was very intimidated by doing things like that. And so I finally got up the nerve yeah. to go over and ask him. And he totally shot me down. And it totally crushed me. Because I was like, it took everything I had to go across, to the... go across there what and did ask, you ask him, him to dance? if he wanted to dance. Maybe he was married. Maybe he was, what did he, he... look like? What do you I look don't like? remember now. Like it was, he was a good-looking guy. I don't, but like we talked about. Well, in did a, he get better over we, time we, because he's in your mind? We no. We talked about this a few podcasts ago about yeah. what we were attracted to then versus what we're attracted yeah. to now. Yeah. So I'm sure that whatever I thought was good-looking then probably would not be so good-looking like to me now. now. Right. But. You know, at the time, I just thought that he was a good-looking guy, and he didn't look like he was with anybody. He looked okay. like he was with a group of friends, okay. and he just totally shot me down, and it just totally crushed me. You didn't tell me but that. that was... Did you come back to me? Yes. And you told me about it? Yes. You, did we dance anymore after that? Yes. So you were okay. But I was still, like, it crushed you, my you heart. You still remember that? I do. That was a big rejection. Yes. So did but you... that probably was a turning point in my life. What? So you're saying that you and I... Had an experience that <laughs> changed your life. I don't even remember it. So this experience changed. How did it change your life? I think it was a turning point in my life that it was like um, I had to get stronger about being, you know, outgoing? not always. No, just not always being 
everybody's cup of tea. Like, I'm not uh, going to be right. what everybody is interested in. Yeah. It's just like everybody's not what I'm interested in, you know? I mean, right. Because there's nothing wrong with you. It was just maybe he was screwed well, I hope up. There's nothing wrong with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, do you think, so you're saying that's still, no. do you still have like nightmares? No, or? no. No, but it still, it brings up. It just is, if you ask me about rejection, that is one thing that stands out in my mind. Uh-huh. Is there any, I want a second one because I feel so guilty about making that one happen. <laughs> Do you have a second rejection that we can talk about? Because I feel um, really responsible for that one. I made you tell feel... me a story of your rejection uh, while you, I think about mine. You know my rejection. I think the entire state of Alabama and Georgia knows my rejection. I mean, my issue was is I didn't really date a lot when I was in high school. I think I could have. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you remember me dating anybody when I was in high school? No, not really. So I guess I, I guess I could have been perceived like, oh, this guy must be gay. Which there's nothing wrong with being gay. I mean, if you look at it on paper, it worked out a lot, danced a lot. Yeah, okay. I can see it. I read a lot of... <laughs> I can see it. But I was just very picky. I wanted to date a woman that was intellectual, beautiful, you know, someone that it was challenging. Not that you guys weren't, but also the other thing is I friend-zoned a lot, right? So I was good friends with you. I was good friends with our best friend, Chandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to, I went to prom 12 times. Yeah, I guess that also Pretty sounds... Pretty popular guy. Well, it sounds very gay, very too. Very gay. Right? <laughs> I'm very lesbian. That was more appropriate, but I didn't. I was I was very picky. So finally, there was. I basically I was very religious at the time. Didn't drink a lot. Didn't well, I didn't drink at all at that time. I don't think I drank until I was 26. Didn't even cuss. And so I was at church one Sunday night. You know the ch- the Sunday night services are when they they tell you the good stuff. So the pastor told us if you want something in your life, you have to pray expectantly for it, and you have to be very specific. I think I've told you this entire story, right, before. Have you? Okay, anyway. So that Sunday night, the pastor said, pray for something you really, really want and pay, pray expectantly. So I came home that night and I said, I want to meet the woman of my dreams and I want to meet her at Tuesday at 10 a.m. at Hanley High School. That's what I said. I said I wanted to. I went and I was very you specific. You left out this whole entire part of the story every time you've ever talked. I've about never told you this. No. It gets even more specific. I said I wanted to make sure that this woman is friends with my family, that we've kind of been our families have rotated around each other for you know decades, whatever. I just never knew about her, and she's smart and beautiful. And I was very specific. I went even more specific. So anyway, that was Sunday night. Of course, I go to Hanley High School the very next day. I look all day. Even though I said Tuesday at 10, that's a Monday. So right after home, home room, and then uh, remember home room mm-hmm. and being called, you know, Bueller. Got to check in for the day. It's like punching in the time clock. <laughs> and then you look in between classes. So I looked and looked and looked. There was nobody there. Then on Tuesday, I knew it was the big day, but things got busy. I think I had a test or something. So I'm leaving home room, and I'm going to first period class. Boom, there's this woman that walked past. I was like, who the heck is this woman? I've never seen this woman. Exactly 10 o'clock. Exactly 10 o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I remember, I think I either asked you in home ec or it was Chandy or somebody to the effect. I'm like, who is this girl? And I described her all these things. And you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to say her. Surface to air missile. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's an acronym, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's I'm calling her surface to air missile because she shot me down. But that's also her short name. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you, you said this is, and I was like, oh, this is this is it. Like, this is it. God did it. Like, wow, yay. Praise Jesus. Lord Jesus, there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I so I'm like, I this is this is ordained. All I gotta do is go ask her out. This this is about to happen. So then basically I go to try to ask her out. 
And she's never went on a date before. She's a freshman. I'm a senior. That's always kind of tough. And she's very shy. And I said, you want to go out? And she says, no. I asked her out again. No. So finally, because of, right? God never said anything was going to be easy. <laughs> no. Forty, about four years later, is, am I like in the wilderness? Is this Moses? What's going on here? So anyway, so finally what happened was, is finally she would never agree to go out with me. I was going to be the DJ for the Valentine's party at uh, the National Guard Armory. National Guard. Remember that? Yes. And I remember there was a big song at that time by Mint Condition called Pretty Brown Eyes that came out that kind of put everything in perspective. That song was the lyric. So I was like living, like I kind of got a little stalkerish. This kind of bit. <laughs> let's, let's tell let's the truth about this. Yeah, this has really got to get it weird. So finally, what I, I talked to you and Chandy and all of our mutual friends to talk her in to come she wasn't gonna come so she comes to the national guard armory to come to the valentine's day thing i invite her up on the stage with me because i'm so excited i'm nervous i'm scared i mean she's beautiful and i'm like oh blah blah blah. and so when the song i play that song by mint condition pretty brown eyes because i just think it personifies us both and then i try to kiss her like just randomly just try to it's really bad and she's like what are you doing really really bad it's really bad but i just felt like it's almost like, I guess, how these, you know, some of these male chauvinists are like, you're my woman. Mm, I like, <laughs> I will take you. And so I did. She's like, what are we you are doing? We are not barbarian yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm not barbarian anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm very lesbian now. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so it, so it uh, didn't work out. And she got really pissed. She's like, uh, you, you didn't kiss me. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then she just totally shut down. Like, she was totally. So that was the second rejection. Trying to kiss someone that you really liked. Hadn't kissed anybody in high school. And then tried to kiss this girl. And it was rejected. Then I just really became obsessed in a really stupid way. And I'm like, I just want to take her out on one date so I can show you her. You think if you can force yourself yes. upon her, you can prove what um, a great guy you are. No, that's really horrible when you put it in that way. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so the rejection gets tied in. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll wrap this up pretty quickly. So finally, I get, again, it's near the end of the year. It's March. We're getting ready to go to prom and getting prepared. I finally, again, use you and some of your friends. You probably don't remember this. Y'all in, you know, the Chillet Keisha and all of them. Influence her to go on one date with me. And she does not want to go on this date. She doesn't like me. She doesn't want to go on this date. Which, you know, poor her. You know, just having a, you know, all this peer pressure. So she finally agrees and she's going to do this. She's going to go on a date with me and really make me feel like crap. So I never want to go on a date with her. Smart move on her part. Uh So we go out on this date. She does. It's a horrible date. We go to Auburn. We go behind the glass, the restaurant. Uh We just, we go all out. I'm like living on cloud nine. But I can just tell she just say she'll order food. She wouldn't eat it. She won't talk, blah, blah. She's just hating a date. So I'm like, okay, this is going horrible. And we start driving home. I'm taking her home early because it's not going well. And then uh, I finally, I think she just finally broke down. Like, she's like, I'm tired of being an asshole. So she started having a real conversation with me. And she's brilliant. She was super brilliant. I'm like, oh. I was going to say, because she's not the kind of person. I cannot imagine her purposely being... A jerk. No, she was She's just tired. She's such a nice, she was a nice person. person. Yes. She just was put into this situation yeah. that she didn't feel like she had an out. I totally agree. And I was being <laughs> such a dick about it. So I don't I mean, want anybody that knows what we're talking yeah, about Yeah, a lot think. of, probably everybody, <laughs> some people don't, some people do. But anyway, yeah. but it was one of those things. But this is where it gets weird. So she starts having this conversation, like, which is something I used to think of when I was a kindergarten. What if you're the only person on the earth and everybody else is this kind of like, not robots, but people to push you into the place you got to be. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, a, I was like, whoa, I've never had someone say the same thing I thought. So then I kind of freaked out. 
out. We were almost home. I, I'm in Lafayette, Alabama at the time. And then I'm like, oh, what if that moon that I'm seeing is not the same moon, you know, the same color of sky that you're seeing and all this stuff? So we started talking about it. But then I just pulled the car over. And then I, I'm like, hey, let's go down on the, this hill. It was a beautiful sunset coming up. I said, let's think about, try to think of something we never thought of before, right? And she's like, well, I kind of want to go home. I'm like, no, no, this, you know, I'm trying to be romantic or something. Anyway, as I'm out on the hill, the police come. And they're like, uh, and they go, Whoa, and they're like, what are you doing, sir? And I'm like, uh, I'm on a first date. I'm a little nervous, whatever. He's like, oh, you have fun. Is she okay? <laughs> You're not a costner. No, I'm not a costner. And then he drives off. And then I get back in the car. I'm like, maybe that's God's way of trying to stop us from thinking of something we've never thought of before. So it kind of gets weird. Finally, I take her home. I drop her off and I say, hey, uh, it's funny when you put it in perspective and put it on a podcast, you realize, man, I was a weirdo. <laughs> You're still a weirdo. Yeah, so it gets really weird. So I drop her off. I tell her, I said, look, you know, I had a great time. She's like, you know what? I'm surprised. I had a really good time, too. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Maybe we should do this again. She's like, maybe we should sometime. I really enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I remember she was walking back into her house. I remember her mom opened the door and she's going in. I was like, oh, wow. I was just on cloud nine. I was like, oh, I finally get to hang out with someone who's really nice, blah, blah, blah. Then she turned. She came back to the car and she said, never call me again. And then she left. And I was like... Oh, I was crushed. I was just, probably because I was a weirdo, man. She was trying to be nice, and then she's like, this guy's just going to keep doing what he's doing. I got to shut this down. So she shut me down. I was uh, I was torn up, man. I was so torn. Here's how torn up I was, and this is how screwed up it was. I went straight to Burger King that was there, you know, in the town that we lived in. Yes. And I called her from a payphone. I'm saying, hey, I still want to go out with you. And she's like, why are you calling me? I just told you never to talk to me again. And then this became this weird, long thing. I'm going to prove to her that I am not a weirdo, right? But you are a weirdo. I was a weirdo in this situation. <laughs> so this, I'm going to rush ahead a little bit, about five more years. So five years, or like five to seven years into the future. Five, seven years in the future, I'm dating a woman from England. I come back to Alabama, and I'm visiting my family, and I find out that she's in town, too, from college. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen her in five, seven years. It'd be really good to talk to her, but I'm really nervous again. It starts back again. Seven years have passed. So then I start doing push-ups and sit-ups on the on the thing to try to get my nerves set up. And then I just pick, and then I call her. Do, 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 and, I'm going, and then all of a sudden when I get on the phone, I realize that I've been doing push-ups and sit-ups. I'm going, and then so she's like, she answers the phone, hello? And I'm like, can I speak to service to air missile? And she's like, who is this? And I sound like a perv. On the thing, and I said, "Hey, it's, it's Jackson. I want to talk to you." Blah, blah blah. She's like, "I told you never to call me again." And then I just hang up, and I'm like, and then I thought to myself, "Well, you're like, you know what? Why am I freaking out? I'm a good guy. She doesn't want to hang out with me. It's kind of her. I hear it's, it's her loss. Her loss, yes. But I am a weirdo. I mean, come on. We're all weirdos. Weirdos in our own way. But last, last story. Twenty years pass after that. I know we're getting close. Oh, I'm running the whole show. <laughs> You said rejection. I'm talking about it. You're, you are rejecting my opinions here. No, no, I'm going to bring up. We're going to have a part two. We'll do a part two. Because this is the final step. So 20 years later, I'm in Atlanta hanging out with a mutual friend of ours that's in Atlanta. We party. We have a good time. She tells me, hey, I know so-and-so with surface and air missiles in Atlanta. So then I, we drink. I go back to the hotel. I find her on Facebook. I send her this two-page message saying hey i kind of blah 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 and then she's like please never contact me again and block me you know and then that's when i realized you know it's i you know i i, I think it's good because in one way i was rejected like what, what happened to you 
but it made me want to get better and mm -hmm. better and be see the world mm -hmm. and travel. Because if she hadn't rejected me, I still might be in our small town, married, which would have been happy with kids, but both our potentials would have been not what we were going to be. So that right. rejection was key, I think. And I think we're going to talk about that in the part two part of yes. rejection, right? Yes. So I am Jackson. I'm Monet. And this is part one of rejection on Whoop, There It Is. Production of LOL Entertainment 2018.